Welcome back to the Taco Boys podcast. Featuring me, Taco yeah. Boy 1. And the and other Taco boy. boy 2. Taco Boy 2. He's a mystery. No one knows who he is because he's a mystery. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, How's it going today, sir? How are things with you? Is life going fine? Things are well. It's my second week into my semi-full-time job working at the Muse. That's right. Nice. I'm I'm almost a Ah, full-time coffee boy right now. Ooh, baby. Come on. What? Traitor. You traitor! <laughs> I just, I, uh, I just whip out the little, uh, the, uh, the stormtrooper weapon, like from yeah, Star the, Wars, the like stormtrooper lightsaber, whatever that thing is. Yeah. It's also, like, traitor! They're like, we're gonna, oh, yeah, continue. Those Go things, ahead. like, how do those stop lightsabers? Like, what kind of technology are they, are they rocking <laughs> when a lightsaber hits it and it's like, nope. It's like, brrr. also, yeah, they never use those weapons again in yeah. any more of those movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who wouldn't be rocking full body armor of that, like, technology? I'd be like, oh, <laughs> right. I'm it's invincible. Like <laughs> My question is, could you even, like, put your own hand on your arm or anything like True. that? Like, it would just, it would just immediately, it would implode. Anyways. Uh, well, speaking of imploding, I'm thinking about imploding my ears with some amazing music. Whoa. What are you talking about, Jonathan? Did you like that? Jonathan? <laughs> well, Christian, this is something I've been excited about, and you've been excited about it, too. Yeah. At least I hope so. You've seemed excited. I have Are you lying to me? You're not actually... I have You're not excited? <laughs> you faker. That's me. So, uh, ended up that... We were we were having one of our Taco Boy meetings, talking about what are we going to talk about in the upcoming episodes and stuff. Yeah, what do we and, have prepared uh, for you, lovely, lovely people? Absolutely, you're so lovely that we want to make sure that we give you content that you enjoy. Not only that you enjoy, but that you deserve. Hmm. Amen. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> you know who you so, are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we know who you are. Um, so basically, what happened is Christian and I we were having this conversation mm-hmm. about uh, music. Yeah. And Christian said, "What if we did like two episodes where you know we just kind of like discuss each other's top three most influential or just favorite artists of all time or ones that have like meant a lot to you mm-hmm. and you know uh he said why don't you start it off jonathan yeah and i said okay that sounds like a plan that it was a plan and uh, you know and i feel like this is a cool conversation for us both to have mm-hmm. because we've recorded songs together with each other we've recorded <laughs> songs <laughs> together with each other. We the recorded... most redundant statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate it when we record songs together separate. Yeah. So we <laughs> We should never uh, do a podcast like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Uh so then we also uh have recorded our own covers and we have sent them back and forth to each other. We've talked about different recording styles that have influenced us mm-hmm. and um you know uh, that's all comes from well you know yes creativity but also you learn by listening to others Ooh. you know they say imitation is the best form of flattery yes that is correct and so they almost say it's who the are we flattering form. today 
high it is the highest form i said the best yeah i was i was being flattery uh towards i was being flattery i was flirting with that quote by uh you know trying to make up a similar one flirting but not the quite the same yeah no so i love flirting with the quote uh, uh, jonathan why don't you go ahead and introduce the the the, you said top three so why don't we start with number three for you and i will give you a beat yes i'll introduce it watch mojo style that's right here we go go style (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't expecting you to say that sorry i wasn't either (laughs) it just came out Right, Jonathan's so top third artist, style. the Go Go Girls. Oh, just ruined it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Our number three spot for Taco Boy or Jonathan Wright's top artist of influence is none other than Bleachers, Jack Antonoff's project. That's right. You heard it here. I love bleachers. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, first album came out 2014, Strange Desire. And we've Ooh. got our, our guy, Jack Ananoff, who was, um, man, part of a lot of projects. Oh, he really? started. Yeah, he actually started with um, Steel Train. Okay. Which was a great project it was him and two other guys mm. and they just they recorded a few albums a few projects and it kind of had like a punk rock feel to it mm-hmm. but with elements of pop okay and then uh jack ended up with nate roos mm-hmm. who uh he and he and nate they made the band fun and boy did fun take off with their album some nights i believe that was 2012 mm-hmm. i think and so that album came out and I remember listening to it and being like, oh my goodness, the the stuff that's happening in this album sounds amazing. Yeah. You know? Well, then here we are. It's 2014 and Jonathan is, he's on the internet, you know, he's going around looking for music and I hear this song called I Want to Get Better and it blows my mind. It's this snappy piano that's like dum 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 da dum da 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 dum 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 da 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 and I thought, what in the world? How does that piano sound like that? What is going on? And ended up that it was it was my guy Jack Ananoff, but he had made a new project called Bleachers, and it was him and some friends, but just mainly songs that he had written, and he was he was doing his own thing, and I remember that being mm. like a huge album for me because it had like elements of 80s music in it it had sampling of random people talking to him or random conversations he just hit record on mm. and i was it it blew my mind it blew my mind and i listened to it on a repeat for mm. 2 years 2 years passes are you ready for this christian yes the album gone now comes out 2017 actually not two years so 2017 (laughs) the album gone now comes out and it's a masterpiece it really is what a statement (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how else to put it but it's just a masterpiece of an album wow and it's strange i'm not gonna say it's a normal album 
but he did what he wanted to do artistically. Mm. He wrote some really interesting lyrics, uh, and he also um, just did all of these layers. He was doing like mob vocals with himself, which was just layering his own vocals over and over and over again, singing mm. at different octaves, mm. and created this like sound of like a group of people just singing all in unison. And I remember hearing that and being like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. I love how that sounds. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So bleachers, Jack Anadoff, dude. Cool. That he landed in number three for me. And that was a tough decision. He almost was number two. Really? Yes. Very close to being number two. I could see that. I could see that. Especially like knowing your own style coming from my area of my area being I've known you your entire life. <laughs> my area of expertise in the, uh, the the genre of Jonathan's influential bands. Um, yeah, I remember actually very specifically when you started listening to Bleachers because you probably told me within a day or two of um, of like finding them about their music and i i really Mm -hmm. wasn't too in to his first album right actually at all like i i did enjoy um i want to get better and i think roller coaster was on that one am i correct yeah roller coaster is a fun one really enjoy that one and in fact you still actually hear that one played um on some pretty what we call the radio i guess <laughs> like and i'm and i'm and i say that <laughs> wait wait i'm sorry what do you mean? <laughs> on that what's it called i guess everyone's calling it radio <laughs> well here's the thing i say radio because in a majority of times you walk into a store or you walk into a cat a coffee shop oh yeah you yeah, hear yeah. what we would call the radio but it's actually more than likely someone's Spotify playlist of or a Pandora right. station is really Some what it is. Some sort of rotation. Yes. And so it actually is still featured on those <clears throat> rotations of what we call the radio, I guess, coming on. And, and and it might actually be played on the radio. I doubt it's actually played on today's radio yeah. at this point just because there's a circulation there. Um but mm-hmm. in most of the places, the reason you still hear songs like this is because it's more than likely some sort of Pandora station, which actually, I don't know, is Pandora right. a radio? It's it's kind of like an internet radio. Yeah. Like you, don't, you don't have to pay for a Pandora subscription. You'll hear ads, but it's basically like a... Um, right, yeah. Now I'm looking like, at it now. It's, it's music streaming, and it's called an internet radio. Yeah. Yeah, and so like that's typically what you will hear when you go into places. I would say today, um, and that's why I said that whole funny statement of like, "Is it a radio?" Right. Well, you know, it's I think kind of like our equivalent of it. Like everyone listens to the radio still, but you know, it's just kind of how it is. We yeah. Just pop on a playlist and we go for it. No, absolutely. So, yeah, I remember specifically there being a time when Bleachers was just like your number one artist that you were just listening to and trying to um, even cover some of his songs. It's really funny because I actually, a year or two ago, I did a cover of I Want to Get Better just to kind of be 
to to be fun and to be silly because of the ridiculousness of that like beginning beginning piano <laughs> yeah. and how he sings is like I hear a voice on the creature from the back room <laughs> and you're just yeah, like da, 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 da. yeah he like sings under his breath a lot it's yeah weird. it's a really fun like it's fun to sing along with it's a it's a fun sound mm-hmm. that he created and then you get to the the chorus of just like I want to get better and you're just like no <laughs> right it's just a song that you just scream and like when you're in the car with a bunch of friends it's just everyone's just yelling i want to get better yeah. and having a really better, good time better. um and it's a really yeah. good message to actually be like talking over yourself it's just like his idea is like he does want to get better um yeah and you know that's i think there are several things about his music that that really uh kind of like helped me with feeling more comfortable with writing my own oh yeah one was this this idea of like just do whatever the heck you want to do Mm. with your music Mm -hmm. like just like if you like a certain sound like just throw it in there you know you don't it doesn't have to be at the forefront Mm -hmm. but you can know about it and you know the other thing is he makes really heavy use of stereo in his music Mm-hmm. Um, a great example Jonathan, of that how, is what is stereo? Ooh, stereo. Okay, so stereo mm. is when you're listening to audio and you have sound coming in both ears. Um, they're mixed differently. Mono would be like, okay, you have one pipeline of sound and that pipeline is going to both ears equally. Mm. With stereo, you've got two pipelines of sound some with like a little bit of guitar in the right ear, maybe a lot more guitar in the left. And you know, it'll each ear gets its own experience. But when you're wearing like headphones or you're in a car, you get the full thing. But sometimes that stereo can help you hear different things better. And a great example of that is Jack Ananoff in the album gone now by bleachers. He did a song that, uh, wait, why did I just forget the name of the song? This is horrible. It's funny just dude, to watch you trying to remember this. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I remember. My I listened to all the songs. It's like woke up probably in the year between. You know, where would I, where are the way these guys? <laughs> um, woke up. I'm in the in between, oh. honey. Yeah. Good morning. Put out and another wait is coming. Cause I left her by the bed last night. Don't take the money. You know what I'm. T- Hate that you know me so uh, well. No. I miss those days. No, no. I miss those days. Yeah. No. 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 It's Nothing not. I miss is those you. Days. I'm not. ready to move on. No. No. <laughs> Hate that you know me. It's. It's the second track on the album. Good morning. I said that earlier. Good morning. Oh, I didn't hear you say it. it's good yes. morning. Uh, oh, man. That was so strange that I had that, was that like moment. was like torture for I've you. I've listened to that you were song just living so in a state many times. Like unknowing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the song Good Morning, it gets into the, cor- the chorus, which says, Good morning to the cops. Good morning to my upstairs neighbor. To the kids at 42. And so while he's singing that, if you're listening with headphones, you can only hear his voice coming out of the left side of the headphones. Oh. Meanwhile, the piano is doing like dump, 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 dump. And you can only hear the piano in the right ear. So you're just like, what is going on? Oh, yeah. So like if you take one, like if you take one side of your headphones off, you might only hear the vocals 
Oh, and then yeah. if you take the other side off, you'll only hear the piano. And so he makes really good use of that. And then all of a sudden they like swirl around and they switch places and then the full band comes in. So the production and the using, you know, both left and right sides is is super cool. And it made me risk some of that and like, hey, maybe I'll put some guitar just in the left ear mm-hmm. or put some piano just in the right ear the pads will be in the middle drums i'll split them you know it's it it kind of made me think a little bit more about that awesome so question then uh-huh for you jonathan uh, a question for you uh-huh. from from the audience listening no i'm just kidding they, they're not messaging <laughs> i was like me. what <laughs> it's at live I, unbeknownst to you i tweeted out to all of our followers and started a <laughs> twitter like, page so without impressed. you even knowing <laughs> we started a subreddit it's like what? that's right our slash taco boys <laughs> it's probably dude i would be so I happy i'd be yeah. like wow that's amazing yeah no a question for you what song that you have written do you think best shows your oh, influence from Jack Antonoff? Um, I'm gonna have to look actually. Uh, five probably. Seconds. No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> uh, five seconds. Let me let me pull it up here. Let me go on Spotify and search my own name and search <laughs> Taco like Boy to Two, and you will things. find tons of uh, music. <laughs> I think probably, oh man, uh, blue, red, probably from the album Thoughts that I put out like end of last year. Yeah, that for sure has some bleachers in it. Um, oh, not man. for sure has some bleachers in it. I mean, the most like you almost would be like, yeah, like this song. I feel like could be like Ugh. it was on. Oh, like oh, oh yeah. Let me think here. That would probably be... Oh, dude, that's so tough because it's not like one song necessarily is completely a Bleachers mm-hmm. song. But I would say the closest would probably be... Um, probably I Wish I Knew Best. Mm. or who cares from entries because i was listening to a lot of bleachers at that point yeah um has a lot of that one had a lot of vocal layering um had a lot of kind of heavy percussion which he does a lot of yeah and i also tried to utilize some of the stereo stuff in there awesome um so yeah, that'd probably that'd probably be that (laughs) yeah so every everyone go out and listen to i wish i knew best from, um, yeah, those of go. those of you wondering, uh, you can be found on Spotify at uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Allen Wright. Little <laughs> disclosure: that I'm outing your secret, man. <laughs> um, yeah. And this, well, and I can totally what's... shout you out. No, shut up. I get to speak. No, I'm going <laughs> to shout out Jonathan because he would probably never do this <laughs> normally. Um, not that he doesn't like want people to listen to him, but just like the kind of guy that he is. Like, go listen to that song and like. Let, let us know what you think. Right. Let us know in the comments well, I, below. Know, I'm I I just had a moment of like I think my audio stopped for oh, a yeah? bit. Yeah. That's all so right. I don't know. 
I if I need to, I'll go in and record it in post. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just we go back and we have an entirely just... different. Hey guys, Jonathan from the future here. Um, I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and see if I can recreate all of the things that I said in this. <laughs> that I just said, oh no. I think it was just when I went to Spotify. Oh, that's it's so, gonna be any, fine. Yeah, we'll find it. I so, wish anywho, I knew best. Go on, sorry. That. Yes, uh, that would be the the song that's probably closest to Bleachers. Heck yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. Super cool. So that's that's my number three spot is Jack Ananoff, otherwise known as Bleachers. All right. Yeah. I guess it's time to go back to that Watch Mojo music. (laughs) Yeah. Number two in Jonathan Wright's artist of all time, I don't know what to call this, is Reliant K. Ooh. I know. A little throwback slash not a throwback. I don't know what to describe it as. I would definitely say it's a throwback. Kind of. I would I would say that because mainly I feel like most of what he calls himself now isn't the full band of what it was, you know? <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, I you know, I think that I really had a hard time picking between bleachers and Reliant K for number two. Oh yeah. And I ultimately chose Reliant K because I, I listened to them for the longest a period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pretty much was like learning music while they were releasing music. Oh, dude, you and, were consistently like playing a Reliant <laughs> K song. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the thing that's interesting about it is I feel like a lot of times when you tell people like Oh, I I, re- I like Reliant K. Mm-hmm. You know, especially me at 25. I'm like, I like Reliant K. And they're like, well, you like listen to them playing like Sadie Hawkins dance? And you're yeah, like, look, right. like any band, a an artist like matures and mm-hmm. they change. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they picture Reliant K as this like punk band that was writing like kind of fun songs kind of like silly sometimes with this like fast drumming and just a lot of like punk elements yes but in reality you know when they were reaching i i would say a big change was when they released the album mhm i think that was 2005 possibly mm. 5 or 6 oh yeah but um that was a big shift because they started incorporating a lot of piano they started incorporating uh kind of ballad elements in some Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. they always incorporated really really good harmony in the backs of things that's true but they started they started like putting this at the forefront Mm. and um and i'll go into that a little bit more with my number one Mm -hmm. but you know hearing that harmony led me to kind of want to learn more about harmony and layering things mm. and uh like understanding it and so i mean i think i pretty much feel like i learned harmony by just listening to harmony on reliant k and another uh artist and just singing to it and then being like oh that sounds like that and then suddenly it's like you know how to sing harmonies um but then it ended up that you know, they took like a break for a while, Reliant mm. K did, and then they released an album called Air for Free in 2016, oh, uh, yeah. I think. Uh, 15. 
15 was, was it that long ago 15 yeah Ooh, so i feel so old but air for free man that is an album right there they they had done collapsible lung i think in 2013 or 12 and collapsible lung a lot of people kind of revolted over because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they got the same producer who had done some Maroon Five, I think. Oh yeah, and they it was a little more pop uh, in there, and a lot of people they kind of skipped over the, like what the lyrics were saying and mm. what the message of that album were. Oh yeah, uh, or was yeah, and um, that's one thing I really appreciate about uh, about Reliant K is not just their harmonies, but Matt Teeson, the the lead singer and and one of the founders, he is like a lyrical wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, his brain is is like fantastic at writing witty lyrics, and I have one of my favorite lyrics. Oh, nice! Memorized, and I'm I'm willing to recite it. All right, you ready? Yeah. You want me to recite this thing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, here we go. This is Matt Thiessen. This was a Reliant K song. All right. Now, Smith & Wesson Jr. was a son of a gun. <laughs> he pressed his nose up to my head, and I was sweating bullets, but I dodged the one that was not as much sweat as it was lead. So, mm-hmm. the, what, a, what an interesting lyric, first of all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that whole song is is kind of talking about like a criminal and it's talking to a stenographer in a courtroom. A stenographer is someone who takes the notes during a court session. And basically he it's like him saying that someone was killed and, or he like someone was attempted at being killed. And the fact that he says Smith and Wesson, which is a gun company, but Smith and Wesson jr. Was a son of a gun, which is implied that he is the, like the son of right. this Smith and Wesson, and then says uh, he pressed his nose up to my head, which is like the the barrel of a pistol is mm. up against his head. Wow! And he says I was sweating bullets, which is a real pun term. And then he says, but I dodged the one that was not as much sweat as it was lead. So it's like he was able to evade death. And I'm like, what a I would that creativity in a lyric is just unprecedented, really. Like. The first time I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> and then I listened again. It was like, interesting. Wow. And what song is this off of? Uh, this is from The Stenographer, is what it's called. Yeah, which album? And it, in fact, that's, oh, that's, it's actually a, um, like an extra track that was not released for a long time, but it's from an album called The Birds and the B-Sides. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember that one. My gosh. That was also, I feel like, one that didn't, like get tons of traction as much as right. the uh the other ones did like the first um which i mean actually i feel like that's a majority of them after they really mm-hmm. let go of like five score and seven years ago was probably like their last really big and universally accepted I would agree. album and then uh-huh. <clears throat> they kind of released uh different albums that just weren't received as well yeah and and i I find that kind of interesting, honestly, because I know that when a when an artist starts a band, you know, they build a fan base. Right. And that fan base is usually pretty loyal. And they're usually loyal 
on a stipulation of, okay, are you going to continue to make music that I like? Yeah, And correct. so, Reliant K, they started with, like, this punk sound, and that punk sound kind of developed, and it really changed it into more of, like, an alternative rock or an alt-pop sound, and my music taste kind of shifted with that. Oh, yeah? You know? I listened to more punk. I was listening to like MXPX and stuff and Reliant K. And then right as Reliant K was shifting into like alternative rock, I ended up kind of shifting mine as well, my taste. Hmm. And I don't think I knew and that. And then here we it, I don't I don't know. It just kind of happened that way. And I've thought about it now in, in like retrospect is like, huh. I guess oh, yeah. that's why I continued listening to them. Yeah, I would definitely say that I feel like, from my perspective, once again, having the the outside in, or yeah, the closeness perspective is one of the things I would say I really see Reliant K's influence on you would be from how you lyrically write huh. a lot, and, and not necessarily like the clever way, the way that I see... Uh, right their his writing or their writing is through the realness of what's going on and he writes very based off hmm. of like situational like he wrote a lot about relationships and like what was the whole album yeah. was kind of like about a, a relationship that he went through and how that like ended and he's never been afraid to like talk about those sorts of things and like one thing that I've really seen from like your music that you've released is you always will just address like moments that you're going through in life or songs are just hmm. written off of thoughts or moments that you've had that you've just turned into a song um, and I would say I feel like that a lot of that is from probably listening to Reliant K and how he just was like would write a song based upon what he's going through <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I've ever looked at that aspect as far as how that's affected me when I write stuff, um, because I'm definitely not as clever as Matt Deason is <laughs> with lyrics. Like, I wish I was. That would be awesome. Mm. But it's just not where... It's not one of my gifts. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, it's um, understandable. But he's just... Yeah, he's he's always been really honest in his lyrics, mm -hmm. and... Um, especially with the album Air for Free. I thought yeah. that was a really cool mm -hmm. um, kind of introspective album. But uh, Collapsible Lung, like I said, it got a lot of heat because it went kind of more pop. But if you listen to some of those lyrics and you listen to the story of that whole album, you know, it starts with this song, Don't Blink. And it's talking about how you let life pass you by pretty much. And... Mm -hmm it goes so fast and then it dives into this this story of like a relationship starting off it starts bad and then it kind of develops and then it ends up she leaves and then he is devastated by it and then he ends up in a relationship that's like really awesome mm. and then it ends up in this uh kind of like the end of the song or the end of the album ends with the song collapsible lung which is pretty much like looking at the past and being like, yeah, I have like, I've had this stuff happen to me, but I was still able to end up where I am today, which is like happy and like talking about the long journey there. So it's, it's really that album. It got a lot of heat 
but it's it's a sleeper hit, you know. Mm. Yeah, you think it's waiting to 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 hit eventually? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been waiting a long time. I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> it's still gonna hit. It's gonna happen. But mark my words, collapsible lung will be number one on the Billboard charts. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it hit number Probably sixteen not. on the Billboard 200. I well, see, that was what was interesting. Mm-hmm. Was that it was received well in a, in one regard, but received poorly in another. So Billboard, obviously, it was like, oh, well, it'll skyrocket up there because it's it's uh it's you know K. it's Reliant K, but it's also they've gone like a pop right. sound, oh, and yeah. they had this this producer who you know had was experienced in making that sound good. And it's some great producing in that album. Um, but then a lot of the fans were like really mad about it. Mm. Yeah. I'd and see. you know what's go on. Ooh, sorry. No, you're good. You're what good. I was going to say, I, I have a cousin named Matt. And at first, you know, he, he and I, we used to talk about Reliant K. We still do some. Yeah. But when collapsible lung came out, I listened to it and was like, I love this album. Like, mm. I think it's really good. And I remember sitting down with him, and he was like, "I hate this album. This is the worst album I've ever listened to." Wow. He's like, "They've left. They've left the music that I wanted." Dang. But then, like two years later, just life stuff with him, man. He he ended up talking to me again over coffee and was like, "I get this album now. It's a great album. I've listened to the lyrics, and it's fantastic. It makes so much sense." And so I think it's just sometimes people are afraid of something new. Because it's not familiar, obviously, but then give it a chance, you know? You might just like how it makes you feel. <laughs> nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, that said, what do you think, which song of yours, Jonathan, do you think best best represents the, the influence that Reliant mm. K has had upon your life? Or upon your music, rather. Well. Not upon your life. Which, which song by theirs has made a biggest no, impact on my you. life your song <clears throat> oh. what song of yours best represents their influence on your music oh, oh, oh i got confused by the question for some reason i was like wait which of their songs influences my life which song by me influences my life which song by you influences them the most do you think <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh probably this one you know yeah, uh let me, let, let me pull up my stuff again i I'm sorry, I don't have my entire catalog of music memorized. I, you um, know, I thought you would be prepared for me to ask you these <laughs> questions about you. <laughs> um, uh, let me see here. I think uh, there was a song, I think lyrically, that is the most similar to re- something that Matt Thiessen or or Reliant K would have had would be mm-hmm. on... Um, again, the album that I put out like end of last year thoughts is the song up in the air and yep. it's completely yep. like analogy. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically this idea of, of life kind of being like you're on this plane and you know, God is the pilot. Obviously you're not the one in control of the plane, but then talking about like the fears that you might go through with it, um, you know, wondering what is below you. What if I were to crash in this plane? Because like there is no pilot. You know, if I crash in this plane, 
will it end up that we're like in a swamp or like a marsh? And that was like an analogy for like, you know, terrible thoughts and things that are in your brain. Mm. And so like, um, you, you might not would get that just listening to it. You might would get some of it, but, um, I remember actually when I wrote it, I wrote it in like 10 minutes and was like, that feels like a Matt Thiessen or a Matt Thiessen song. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that was exactly and, and so, what I was going to say. I was going to come in and be like, of my opinions of your songs, it was going to be up in the air. It's like straight up Reliant K style. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I, it's like I like my music sometimes, but mm-hmm. that one is one that I've continued to be like, I actually am glad I, I wrote that song. Like, yeah. I, I felt like it was one that I actually enjoyed and, you know. So, it, I think that one was probably the most directly, uh, like, influenced by Reliant K. Nice. Yeah. And on that same note, like, what song do you think of theirs was probably your favorite? Oh. Oh, dude. I have no idea. What a question. Thank you. Um, uh, I mean, it's like, I want to say Deathbed from the mm. album Five Score and Seven Years Ago. Um. It's, you know, like, a I think, 11 minutes long or something like that. And it's just this story of a guy who, you know, just a terrible life, pretty much. Mm. But it starts off pretty much telling you that the person who's singing this song is on their deathbed. Mm. And that they're by, their, they're by themselves. It's like a pretty depressing start. You're just like, what in the world is going on? Um it, I mean, really, it's super depressing. Lyrics are like, I can smell the death on the sheets. They're covering me. I can't believe this is the end. And, um, you know, then it says, but this is my deathbed, and I lie here alone. And if I close my eyes tonight, I know I'll be home. Mm. And it goes into this story of a guy. He becomes an alcoholic. He's addicted to drugs. Then it ends up that he gets saved on his deathbed. Wow. And, you know... It, the assurance of like him feeling like yes I've wasted my life but also the gratitude of like wow I was I was able to accept salvation right here at the end and then like there's this whole part of the song where it's just pretty much like celebration type music and then it dives right in and they didn't tell anyone but they got John Foreman from Switchfoot to sing this part that is pretty much quoting scripture mm. of like different names that Jesus has and he's like I am the way follow me and take my hand and I am the truth embrace me and you'll understand mm. and it's like dude that song that that'll get me torn up pretty quick yeah <laughs> like, dang. yeah and I think it's probably the best song they've ever done and mm. I got to see it live once and I just cried <laughs> that's awesome they like hit it, and I was like, "Oh man, they're about to go into deathbed. And it's about to overwhelm me." <laughs> oh, no. My heart. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And on that same note, I guess we never asked your favorite song from <clears throat> Bleachers. Favorite song from Bleachers, uh, mm-hmm. probably "Good Morning" or um, "Like a River, Like a River Runs." Nice. Yeah. All right. So on that yeah. note. Uh oh. The number one spot for Jonathan Wright's most influential artist 
Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. I couldn't decide if I was going to say Beach Boys or Brian Wilson. Mm -hmm. And then I just ended up being like, look, here's the deal. The only good Beach Boys music that was ever written was written when Brian Wilson was around with them. That's true. Uh, they, they were like, there was a phase where they were just like, we don't want Brian around. And they were like, Brian was kind of like, all right, and left. And then they wrote a really terrible album. And they were like, where's Brian? <laughs> where did he go? And, you know, he had such an interesting life, too. You know, like mental health struggles and a therapist who was like abusive um, in the sense of like over medicating him, making him sign over song rights while he was over medicated it was crazy wow um but yeah brian wilson for sure is just like man what like just a big influence i might not be able to like tell you everything about every song he ever wrote um but i can definitely tell you like ways and different methods that like i've learned from just watching videos of him talking about it or just listening to, you know, like the album Pet Sounds, which I, I say is my, my favorite album of all time, mm. is uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. And, you know, this idea that he had of, well, it, it wasn't quite his idea. It was Phil Spector, who was a producer. Yeah. Um, Phil Spector had this theory of the wall of sound, and then Brian Wilson, like, kind of took that and perfected it. And, uh, you know, Phil Spector got arrested and such. So Brian Wilson just continued it. Um, oh. But it was this idea of just almost overloading how many instruments are playing. Mm. <laughs> and uh, this idea of, okay, if we take a piano and it plays the same notes at the same time as this guitar and... Uh, this xylophone, and we blend them together, they they make a new instrument. Like, it sounds completely new. And, uh, you know, you just had string ensembles all over the place in the music. You had, uh, like, bass harmonicas and tin whistles and slide whistles and sirens. And it was just, it's just overwhelming sometimes. But I think the thing that really affected me the most was the vocal mixing mm. for the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson. Mm. Um, this this idea of, okay, well, we have four guys that are singing harmonies, and we need those harmonies to sound full. So what if each of those guys recorded their harmony part two times so that you have this double-tracked or this two-layered vocal and then the idea of, okay, the lead singer, he can do that too. You know, mm. Brian Wilson or whoever was singing lead on the song would go in, they would sing the song, just one track, and then they would go right back in and they would sing again the same thing right over top of that previous recording. And it it caused this, um, this sound that just made the vocal sound so much, like, it just sounded full. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and and I remember realizing like, hey, wait a second, I think I can try that, mm. and and then it was just downhill from there, pretty much, just all over the place. <laughs> downhill, 
Oh, it was uphill. It was well downhill. It is uh, like I was I was riding a ride. It was easy. Mm. I just started like throwing harmonies in, and then I started layering them, and, and just there, it just kept tanked. going. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just really went bad. It was all downhill um, from there. And <laughs> and uh, you know this this whole idea, kind of like with Jack Anoff, of you can just really layer things, and it's it's almost strategic. You know, right. where am I going to place this instrument? How How is it going to fill this space? Well, Brian Wilson, he kind of did that with vocals. He viewed vocals and he even says it. He viewed them as an instrument, mm-hmm. you know, not like, oh, this is a singing thing. It's a, this is an instrument thing. We use the harmonies to fill in this part of the song. We use a, a la sound here because it's a rhythm combined with it. It fills the space where this can't be. Mm-hmm. And... The dude just like was a genius, still is a genius. Mm-hmm. I saw him live a few years ago, and yeah. just him and almost 20 guys played all the way through the album Pet Sounds, and I just cried because it was beautiful. Wow. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing some research, research Ooh. into research Brian because I knew. <laughs> I just knew he was going to be your number one, as if we hadn't talked about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you totally have. guessed it when we did. We, I had, you had asked me who my number one was, and then you were like, I already know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, no, 100%. I was like, if it's not Brian Wilson, then you're lying to me and yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're a true friend. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was crazy because it was talking about. And and as all as all good people do, we get all of our research off of Wikipedia here on the mm. Tonka Voice podcast because Perfect. you don't dispute the internet ever. <laughs> um, and it was just talking about how when he was like young, like one, being able to completely like sing along, uh huh, like with the melodies of songs. And by the time he was two, he was just like able to completely like understand music and be emotionally affected by it and then as he grew up just like he learned it was really funny he would he learned that like i think i don't know if his first instrument was but it was the toy accordion yeah um i had read that that the toy accordion was like one of the first instruments he like got his hands on yeah which is like really funny to think about if you like hear their music i just imagine if he had kept up with the accordion (laughs) and it was just like the polka boys instead of the beach boys (laughs) it's us the polka boys little (laughs) surfer little one make my heart i pass the schnitzel when i get on the beach And they're like, why are we still singing about the beach? Maybe we should have been the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, no way, they just guys. like replace every like thing that has to do with the beats with just like schnitzel <laughs> and all sorts of like little schnitzel girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, so she got her daddy's car and they drove to the schnitzel stand now. <laughs> the schnitzel stand. Now. <laughs> uh, My yeah, gosh! Dude. Yeah. So, also, he's he was deaf, I believe, in his in his right ear, um, because his father had yep. had like slapped him on the ear when he was really young. His dad was like really heavy handed and abusive, mm. and you know even was their manager for years and years and years. Oh, yeah. And 
uh, yeah, Mur- Murray Wilson was his name. Mm. And it ended up that at one point they they fired him. Wow. They were just like, we, we need to get a different manager. Mm. And so um, his record company, they he like owned the rights to the Beach Boys music. Mm. So he sold like their entire catalog to different owners, pretty much to spite them. And then he also found another band that sounded like the Beach Boys and signed them to his record label, mm. all pretty much to just be mean. Wow. And and so, yeah, but Brian Wilson was deaf, I think. Did I say, I think it was right, his yeah, right it was, ear? It was his right ear, yeah. It was really crazy yeah. because, it, like, knowing that, like, I, I knew all of this because you told me, but, like, knowing that, like, his father... Um, did those things that he did it really like made me change my perspective of like his thought process of while he was being a father like you could see like along the ways like mm-hmm. his father said like after he was young he's like he was very clever and quick and I just fell in love with him you know and it was just like hmm. you fell in love with your son after he started doing things and right. seeing how he supported their like music and was always pushing them to do things it was really like man did all he care about was just like the money and like what these boys could do for me almost yeah and you see that play out later in his life as he like completely like betrayed them for a little bit i don't know if they did there was the relationship ever restored with him and his father yeah i know not from what i've seen and and read like it it just kind of stayed that way i mean i think that you know brian brian wilson was always like a pretty calm guy yeah in regards to like whenever he was interviewed it was like he never like fumed or got crazy mad. Yeah. But like anytime that his father was talked about, he, he still was kind of like, I love my dad, you know, mm-hmm. he's my dad and that's about it. Yeah. And, and I even think I remember reading something where he was like, he was an okay dad, but a terrible manager mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. But you know, and, and all of that like plays so much into like a person's, like mental health too. Yeah. And 100%. and Brian, you know, he would hear things, he would hear voices, he would hear like melodies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, there was a movie called Love and Mercy, which is like a a biopic of uh of Brian Wilson. And they like asked him, "Okay, we need to like accurately portray what you heard." and what you were hearing before you like got help for all of it. And they have like a recreation of it at the beginning of the movie and it's pretty crazy, dude. And he says mm. it's accurate and it's it's pretty weird because wow. it's just like it's like singing and like whispering and like harmonies and you're just like well, that would I mean for an extended amount of time you'd be like this is torture. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, wow. But they talked about just how rigorous his studio time was, uh, you know, like the song good vibrations from, uh, smile was just hours and hours of studio time. And they talked about like his frustration with the cello player because the cello player was supposed to be doing a certain pattern. And everyone was like, I'm pretty sure the cello player is doing the pattern. And Brian's like, no, I'm hearing like this click in it. That's driving me crazy. And, just hours of him trying to get this cello player to, to play this one part. Dang. So it's, 
just the vocal layering, the experimental stuff that he did in music, and just the way that the harmonies were incorporated, just that that above all of the other artists has probably influenced me the most Mm. with how, not only how I sing, like, I mean, I sing a lot of the ways that I do because of listening to Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, Mm -hmm. but just the way that I I view music in general has it, it completely changed it. Yeah, I would say there's a very there's a softness that is found in the Beach Boys style of singing, which is like surfer music, obviously. Like it's more mm-hmm. chill and mellow. And so I would say like I can hear that for sure, like in your songs or even in your vocal like flexion and and, and tone, you have this like under underlying is that right underlying softness that is present um that i just hear just from like listening to if you listen to them like he sings and i'm pretty sure i've heard brian sing but which one does he sing does he sing surfer girl or uh well yeah he he rides that he rides that one wow that was weird there's (laughs) there's a line in that song where you know it's like (laughs) we could ride and surf together Mm -hmm. you know um i think that's either him or his brother carl Mm. carl sounded a lot like brian too but anytime you heard someone doing like the wee wee stuff that was that was brian he was he was up there soaring nice (laughs) <laughs> like a little bird, a little beach bird. Yeah, the beach bird. Oh, bird Wilson. No, I'm just <laughs> the seagulls. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. So I yes, would, it was. It's a hundred percent. And like you could just, if you listen to, if you've ever listened to a Beach Boy song, which if you're alive today, there's no way you haven't heard a Beach Boy song. To be honest, um, uh, you can if when you li- when you go listen to because I know you will when you go listen to Jonathan's music on Spotify, <laughs> um, you're definitely gonna hear the influence <laughs> because it's just it's so much there in the harmonies and even I would dare say Reliant K a hundred percent has been influenced by the Beach Boys. I would say because well, there yeah. are songs, there are moments that you can hear where you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a Beach Boys thing happening right now." And, and that's the thing is Matt Thiessen has said like that Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys are like his biggest influence. Mm. And so I think the like combination of like listening to a band that was heavily influenced by them and listening to them as a band mm-hmm. like hit and collided with this like pretty much everything that I do. Yes, <laughs> and, absolutely. Um, I, I I remember the first like the first time I did a like full cover EP was of yeah. the Beach Boys. Nice. And wow. I remember doing it and being like, huh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> you know, like, nice. uh, it was, yeah, that's just how it was. I, <laughs> I did it and I liked it. And thanks, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They, they put on some really um, happy music. Yeah. And, and some really along, sad music really too. Made you sad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. And then Brian came along. It was just like feel everything, <laughs> dude. That's like the song "God Only Knows" is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just a beautiful song in how it's composed, but also like the the way the the harmonies are in it and everything. Uh, 
But then the story also goes that he showed that to his dad, Murray, on a piano at his dad's house. And his dad was like, that's a terrible song. No one's going to listen to it. Why would you ever write something so depressing? And he's like, it's not depressing. It's just like emotional. And his dad was just like, well, I'm saying it's not going on the album. I'm saying that it's a terrible song. Mm. And then they fired him. So, you know, that that once again shows that whole like aspect of like, he didn't care about what they were doing. He just, Mm -hmm. he just cared about sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there it was. Dang. Yeah. My top three. Number one, Brian Wilson. Number two, Reliant K. Number three, Bleachers. Dang! Thank you, thank you for sharing those, brother. That was that was so good. Yeah, dude. Very educational. And I'm looking forward podcast. I <laughs> I kind of forgot I knew all that. <laughs> dude, you know so I'm excited. Much. It was awesome. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for next week because we're gonna flip the tables. Oh, we're gonna turn them over. That's right. We're gonna raid the temple. <laughs> we're gonna flip tables. I'm making a whip as we speak. But <laughs> That's my whip. Uh, so then, uh, Christian will be sharing three artists that That's right. heavily influenced or you know changed how he viewed music or mm-hmm. how much he listened to it. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's right. So that'll be next. That'll be next Friday. Next Friday. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're alive. We will be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. I'm excited. I'm excited to to share what influences i have and um yeah it'll be good thank you guys so much for listening today we just... yeah yeah what an episode that was fun man i'm I, I, I had a good time yeah. thanks for listening to me babble about things everybody yes we and me you're welcome <laughs> yes <laughs> i had to sit here and listen this whole time yeah he he actually fell asleep he put a pillow up and just went to bed and then i just kept talking i was like wow christian sure is quiet over there i I just muted my microphone and just (laughs) he's just like mouthing at me he's so angry (laughs) oh my gosh anyways on that note let's uh all right all right Thank you so much for listening to this musical Taco Boys episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We did. At least I did, because I was talking the most. Uh, please go and follow us on Instagram at Taco Boys Podcast. Give us five stars, because that helps us out as well on uh, Apple. And uh, follow us on Spotify and all that good stuff. And, you know, subscribe to us on Apple or wherever you are. Check out our merch. And uh, that's it. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Goodbye.